writer's block, I believe, is is another one that is dangerous because because a book is a marathon. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. <laughs> when yes. when someone gives you permission in this kind of form it's never them telling you what to do it's always them realizing the thing that you know you need to tell yourself that you don't tell yourself that you just need to hear from someone else even though you know that you should be able to listen to yourself just saying that activate your energy welcome to the activated authors podcast a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy healthy and productive author no matter what stage of the journey you're at i'm your host daniel wilcox I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What is up, Activators? And welcome back to another episode of the Activated Authors Podcast with myself, Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single week is... Samantha Frost. That's me. Hello. Beautiful. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I promised myself I wouldn't say anything. And I think I did really well to hold on since I did. (laughs) (laughs) I've so been in that situation. Do you know when you go into like conversations? I had it years back when I was like, I am not going to like talk about the weather at all. Like I'm so Mm -hmm. sick of these really like crappy little small talk conversations. And like 10 minutes later, I was in a lift with someone and they just looked over at me. I was like, bit windy in it <laughs> you can't help it it just comes out <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so tired mm-hmm. I, I am i'm pretty sure i'm like medically exhausted at this point I and mean, i know that sounds know dramatic it. no but i <laughs> i with the help of my sister because i was so tired i couldn't really concentrate I averaged out every night's sleep that I've had since the 28th of March. Um, and my like average week sleep is five hours. As in that's in a week, an average night's sleep will be five hours. Not I'm getting five hours a week. Otherwise, I think I'd just be dead by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm getting like, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was just over like four and a half hours on average a night. Which means I'm like missing out on what, 27 hours of sleep a week yeah yeah and obviously feel free to cut this bit if you want to but i know that you haven't well i don't think it's been explicitly explicitly mentioned on this podcast about the fact that you do suffer from insomnia so oh yeah 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 no i I don't mind Um, like actual insomnia not when people like you know are struggling to sleep a bit and they're like i've got insomnia yeah actual insomnia yeah no actually medically diagnosed insomnia yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's a bitch it it can't be because you get so many free hours in your day well right. Works, here's, right? <laughs> here's the thing i used to look at it that way um back when i joined up to the this is the longest how are you doing sam in fucking history i've just realized. bring it <laughs> i used to kind of try and tackle it that way um because if i'm gonna like be up those hours anyway i might as well be productive was kind of how my brain was thinking it's either that or I just lay in the dark and get annoyed um so I used to do that and I did get a lot done a lot done like more than I think is normal um but then I started to realize that I didn't want to be dead by the time I was 40 yeah um so I'm really trying to 
set healthier boundaries for myself when it comes to sleeping. One of those is if you wake up at two o'clock in the morning, that is not your body saying it's time to start the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a lot and I'm very tired. Um, and yesterday I had a, a, a two hour nap on the floor of my living room that I don't remember getting into. Um, I think that was a bit of a, ironically, a wake up call. Um, and then just this morning when I woke up, I just, I, I honestly, I was supposed to go to the gym today. And I said to Rihanna, and I was like, I don't know if this is me making excuses. I said, because saying I'm too tired for the gym. So, and she was like, no, she's like, <laughs> she was like, you're not a bit tired. It is not advised that you operate heavy machinery in this state. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. There is the longest how are you doing in well, So let's power through this episode, make it five minutes, and then you can jump yeah. off another. Yeah, that's um, fine. We definitely haven't already over surpassed that, just me talking shit. <laughs> how are you, Dad? How's it going with you? I'm I'm doing okay, thank you. It's been um it's been a, a strange week, but it's been one that's been very, very productive and weird in many ways, um for <laughs> for multiple different things. But like <laughs> continuing on the kind of saga, well not the saga, but like the thread of previous episodes like i am full-on back into shrinking the workload mode um well it's not even shrinking the workload but i guess shrinking the scope of where mm-hmm. i'm pointing my my attention um and you know lots of things are synced together lots of things are working very well there's a lot that i'm i think i think one of the biggest things if we're you know gonna be fully transparent on this on, on this podcast which you know we are sometimes yeah. um I, I think that the the biggest thing for me is as I say, like I've been very much in creation mode for like seven years. Like that has been the heart of everything. It's been like push, 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 create, 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 ghostwriting, 70 books, all that kind of stuff. Like it's been a lot. Yeah. And and so basically getting the permission from my business coach, which when when someone gives you permission in this kind of form, it's never them telling you what to do. It's always them realizing the thing that you know you need to tell yourself that you don't tell yourself, that you just need to hear from someone else, even though you know that you should be able to listen to yourself just saying that. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I don't remember, just replay it <laughs> or when you edit this, just cut it twice. Um, All right, I will. Realizing the thing that, you know, you need to tell yourself that you don't tell yourself that you just need to hear from someone else, even though you know that you should be able to listen to yourself just saying that. <laughs> but so it, it it was that thing of like, you know, take your foot off that pedal and, mm-hmm. you know, focus on promoting all the stuff that you do already have going because, you know, there's so much of of my books, of the community, of all things activated authors that is there, that is happening, that is already in existence. Um, And obviously to grow what it is that you have, you you need to spread the word. And like, yeah, I I do market, but definitely not as strong, strong as I should be. And so I think just having that bit of permission has really given me help to step back, to line up, because I'm still making creative projects. I'm still, you know, working on the creation side of things because you kind of have to um mm. and because i want to um and so i'm kind of fi- striking a bit more of that balance i'm going through like a lot of the the sludge of things that have been building up over the last few months and i'm kind of just knocking a lot of things out to catch up basically um relook at how i'm working going forward because obviously my circumstances have completely changed multiple times in the last few years um but i think they're now at a point where they can begin to settle yeah because i don't foresee touch wood any sort of huge transitional changes coming up um you know speak to me in four weeks and that won't be true so yeah like 
<laughs> so yeah, there's just been a lot of looking at my work, adjusting, starting to look at what I'm doing next year. And as people can see on YouTube, decorating. So mm -hmm. it's still a little bit of a mess. I've still got bits and pieces to do, but I have painted my my room in a nice blue color. Um, not because it's activated authors, because it's a different blue to activated authors, actually. Like it's, mm -hmm. different, it's a different hue. Yeah, um, I think you'll find that <laughs> activated authors is more of a royal corn blue like mashup, and Thank that you. is like a that deep green Russian blue. So yeah. like yeah. leave it, leave it out the comments. Just yeah, simmer down. Like blue comment. is a suggestion, not <clears throat> a specification. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I um yeah, painted. Like it's one of the things I've been looking forward to since I bought a house. Um I've got just two rooms painted out of like five or six. So yeah, that's in a very long nutshell. <laughs> How, how's mm. going on? Um like a Brazil what? nutshell? I'm trying to think of a long what a long nut. <laughs> Just, yeah, I guess a Brazil. Oh, don't edit that out. Um, oh, it's me. I won't. It's fine. <laughs> what have you been working on? Um, I have been uh, continuing with my poetry. Mm -hmm. I'm almost finished completing the poems I wish to complete. Mm. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm currently um editing well completing a poem um that's just called red because red is my favorite color <laughs> it's like it's it makes me laugh because it gets quite fast-paced and purple with the language and it just starts off the first line is i like red <laughs> 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 just i don't know why it just really makes me laugh I still um, think yeah yeah, I read I read it. Um, well, what I've got of it to my sister yesterday, and she was like, "Wow!" And I was like, "Yeah, I like red." <laughs> I was just like, I, "I know it's like because most of my poems are about like abuse or like I don't know political justice, issue. feminism, yeah. like all this." Then this one's like, "I like red. It's really <laughs> pretty. It makes me happy." Um, <laughs> So yeah, I've been I've been working on that, and I've been up in my studio this week. Yeah, homemade recording studio. Please and thank you. Yeah, do you want to say why? Well, I'm happy to. I, I yeah, throw it out there. Okay, me or you? You. All right. Um, <laughs> so that's really aggressive. You do it. As in, actually, what I'm specifically mm -hmm. working on. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to check. I mean, I know I could edit out, but I just wanted to check. So I'm currently uh, recording the audiobook for the self-publishing blueprint. Hell um, yes. Daniel Wilcox. Mm -hmm. And killing it, might I add. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Had a little listen through to the uh, the first chapter the other day and yeah, yeah. happy. Yeah, raw audio. I, I wasn't happy. <laughs> I wasn't happy that you're listening to raw audio. It was um, interesting. Yeah, because when the whole point is that is a closed room and no one is ever like no one's supposed to hear it because i can edit it out and the trust mm -hmm. because i very nearly went into our shared file and just took it out <laughs> i really had to stop myself yeah fair fair but yeah i guess um like it's probably worth noting as well like because i've had a few people asking me why i'm not narrating my own audiobook mm -hmm. i don't want to <laughs> the end <laughs> like yeah like bottom line like i don't want to like i could 
Mm-hmm. Do I think that's a good use of my time? No. Do I have, well, do I know someone? Do I have someone? Do I know someone who is incredibly talented at voice work and has that kind of background? Yes, Sam Frost. So, that is me. Yeah, so Sam is working <laughs> on the chapters and putting that together. So we haven't really got um, a schedule on when that's going to be out, but like it, it won't be too long, will it, Sam? <laughs> no, I'm already a quarter of the way through it. Yes, which is very exciting. So yeah, and that's to come. It's simple enough to edit because it's non-fiction, so shouldn't mm-hmm. be, yeah. Boss. Yeah. Yeah. Watch this space for more info, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll keep people, keep people updated. Um, yeah. And then, uh, is there anything else that you've been working on? Um, I've been working on keeping my sanity. Um, I've got, you can't see her, I don't think, no. I've got two dogs with me this week, um, one of which is my mother's, because my mother is away. Um. Yeah, we've got to that point in the week where I started, she started to listen to, like I've been training her a little bit. Uh, she started to listen to my commands. Um, so I'm starting to like her a bit. Uh, but then fun. give it a week and like <clears throat> she'll be back to annoying the shit out of me because obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't, we'll move on. <laughs> So as for me, I've been working on, uh, as I say, lots of different bits and pieces. Um, <laughs> one thing that I'm very excited to start working on, that I did this morning, is so I'm working on um, a book that is currently, I, I don't know if I've announced this on, on the show, but um, I'm writing a reader magnet called Cock. And it's basically about like an evil rooster. Um, and so I've actually, I've been talking about this book for a while, like, and I, I'd say probably far, as far back as, you know, maybe March, April. Um mentioned it to a few of the horror guys when i went to the horror convention in may and you know things progressed from there and it sort of turned into reality i've got a cover for it like I, I kind of i have a rough notion of what i want the book to be but i've deliberately not dug too deep into details for the very reason that this morning um i started to film and record my writing sessions because yeah, i want to yeah i want to i want to go through my process of how i write books and how i put it together so um I'm going to be hopefully doing some sort of like just main to the camera video diaries where I kind of explain thought processes and things from that session. Um, I'm recording each actual session, like full screen recording of what programs I'm using, where I'm researching everything else. So that, you know, if anyone wants to follow along and just see how this book is made, then go for it. Like, um, and I only, well, I spent a half hour on some research and things this morning and already the story has taken like a massive twist and kind of grown in depth. So um yeah I'm not sure how I'm going to be putting all of this up yet I haven't really sort of created like a publishing plan for the videos um because I kind of just want to focus on getting the content and writing the book um but I'll likely probably do sort of some literal follow session by sessions should people want to go more in depth um as well as like an overall summary of just kind of like here's a book written in I don't know 10 minutes not actually 10 minutes but like an overview yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could but I won't yeah, you could <laughs> Is the sequel called Cox? And then you wrap it up with a trilogy that's called Cox and Beaver. Yeah, and then there's like um, a side book called Cockily. <laughs> but for the purposes, so for the purposes of the vlog and for the purposes of SEO, it's not called Cock because I'm a bit worried that that's going to like be very limited to who gets to see it. So it's, cur- it's currently called the Rooster Project. Yeah, yeah. I'll be very careful. Wise. Well, the other oh, thing that Adam's I- Cock. Yeah, the other thing that I've realised as well is... um up on OnlyFans. <laughs> the other thing I've realised as well is that because it's a horror book, 
the like even this morning session like i i googled some images that might trigger some people and be a bit unsavory um mm. and so i'm obviously then gonna have to either do like just one version which is safe for work or uh like for the people that very specifically want to watch like the full horror process like horror writers out there maybe just do two versions one which is a bit more explicit or just add trigger one. i don't know yet i don't know yet. Yeah. it's all it's all in the air. but i found very interestingly there's a uh, breed of chicken that is literally like pure black like black eyes black beak black like crest whatever i need to learn anatomy of chickens as part of my research um down to they lay black eggs they have black bones and even their blood is darker than other roosters oh my god so i was like this is interesting so yeah that's what i've been working on i've also as i say just been chipping around lots of different things i think i thought that was something else i was going to add but so what's your key takeaway for this week that sleep is good and i wish i could have more of it that's literally it i'm too tired to be philosophical i want to be able to close my eyes and open them eight hours later and feel refreshed Mm. not like i have got the worst parts of being a hybrid of a zombie and a fucking vampire Mm -hmm. like i've got the looks of the zombie (laughs) the consciousness of a vampire i either want to be hot as a vampire or not realize i'm a zombie i don't need to realize that i'm a degrading vampire I look in the mirror and like my eyes look like I'm 60 because of the bags. So like the takeaway for this week is sleep is good. Yes, please sleep. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. <laughs> oh, I just never sleep. Like it works. That's so hard. Like my body needs it. It's <laughs> supposed to sleep. And yet it's waking <clears throat> up and being like, no, we're done now. I'm not done. I'm not done. What about you? What's your key takeaway? <laughs> um, my small mental breakdown. Yeah, my key takeaway is probably just to scrap this section. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, my my key takeaway for this week is that uh, um, trying to think how to say it. Um, keep your integrity as an artist mm. um stuff i can't really like go into just mm. because it's all very behind the scenes but also talks are kind of still ongoing but um a situation has occurred in which uh i basically had to have like a real hard look in the mirror and at what was going on to then make a decision um mm. and the decision could very much in the long run be to my detriment but at the same time like everything in my gut is screaming to the contrary mm-hmm. so um it's it's quite annoying i can't go deeper into it especially right right this minute um yeah. but yeah it's it's you know i know who i am i know what i'm about i know what i'm building and so i'm not compromising that for anything really mm-hmm. <laughs> which is again yeah tough when you know there are certain things at stake but mm-hmm. say levy you live you learn you conquer uh, the win from the community for this week, I'm just plucking out myself, is we are welcoming the incredible Eden Collier onto the team. So we Eden! Have, yeah, so Eden joined the community, uh, I want to say like a year and a half ago now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they yeah. joined. Yeah, because it was, yeah. 
Yeah, because they joined with the the small little kind of class of that year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they've become you know a very fundamental core part to activated authors just as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking at expanding and doing some different things, and they have agreed to come on and you know run sprints and help out and do some stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, you'll get to meet them much more uh, clearly, much more. I, I don't. I, what's the word? <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm close and personal, I guess. In yeah, the next you'll few get weeks. to know them. There we go. You'll get to know them. Um, yeah, much better in the next. I don't know. Uh, in the next Your few weeks. Been sleeping, dude. I don't know. I have probably okay. too much sleep. Ugh. Um... <laughs> mm -mm. I, I apologise. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the team, Eden. Very, very, mm -hmm. very, very, very pleased to have you. My son, in particular, is obsessed with Eden. Mm -hmm. And he's very excited that Eden is taking on a bigger role. Mm -hmm. And oh. anytime he sees them, he just goes, Eden! <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, welcome to the team, Eden. Now into this week's topic. Yeah. Oh, this one. This one's going to ruffle some feathers. That was a callback to. to hey. Calling back to cock. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> are you so sorry i'm very happy with that actually mm -hmm. yeah so the question this week is less a question more a topic <laughs> as i've just been informed um and the topic is why writer's block is bullshit mm, a real feather oh. rustler. i yep. feel I, I can already feel people getting angry so kind of on that I would like to ask of you, Sam, what what is writer's block? What do people believe writer's block is, if you were to define it? Without going into like all the other mechanics of like the things that I know that you know that we're going to talk about. Yeah. It's writer's block. I would say that writer's block um is when you get to a point, either you get to a point when you're writing and you get blocked and you can't go any further. Because you've got writer's block and you you've you've the muses have left you and you can no longer continue to write. Or it's just you want to write a book or a story, but you can't because you've got writer's block. It's this very romantic thing, I think. I've just been like <laughs> can I I have the writer's block. Yeah. 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 As you say, it's a very um it, it's one of those things that's pretty much mostly only really associated with writing, obviously like writer's block. Um, and like even just a search into the kind of history of, of writer's block, um, it's, you know, it, it was popularized a hundred years ago by, um, if this article is accurate, Edmund Burglar. Um, was as he a kind quite of... self-indulgent? Pardon? Was he quite self-indulgent it's a very self-indulgent artist thing isn't it to say that yeah well this is it so yeah as you say writer's block is very much that notion of um just going oh the muse isn't coming i i can't like something is blocking me i'm not i'm not able to work on this step away from the computer I'm the creator. Yeah, yeah yeah and and the reason that you know i chose such an antagonistic title for this and why you know it is why writer's block is bullshit is because when people say they have writer's block 
speaking as someone who has coached you know his fair share of authors over the years you know like studied behavior and psychology and all this kind of like mm-hmm. other bits and pieces what they're really saying if you dig deep into it is i'm stuck mm-hmm. and what happens in that stuckness is a form of procrastination it's a form of you know um i don't know how to get over this problem the actual um <clears throat> need to get over this obstacle is painful in some way mm-hmm. And so people step away. And I think because writer's block has been so popularized and shared amongst the writing community, it's one of those things that you can lean on and just go, oh, well, that's the reason. Mm-hmm. It must be what writer's block is. And you step away from the computer. Am I saying that people don't get stuck? Absolutely no. not. Am I saying that some people step away from their work and they struggle to get back to it for years and years and years? Absolutely. That happens. What mm-hmm. I don't believe is that's writer's block's fault. What I believe is there are a number of different reasons that... Mm-hmm are basically just making it so that writing the book is hard. And there's a sort of fabled notion that, you know, for a lot of people who are a bit more untrained and inexperienced in in sort of the writing craft, that you get to the keyboard and the muse is going to sit there and basically tell you what to write. And, mm-hmm. and it's fun and it's easy and you sweep through and the words come and it's beautiful and you're writing poetry and art and it's glorious. Those days come maybe, I don't know, once every 160 writing sessions. Like mm-hmm. when they come, they're fucking glorious. Mm. Um, but speaking as someone who has written like 70 plus books in the last seven years, you know, there have been days where I've not wanted to write. There have been days where the story feels clunky and I've not felt that I could tackle that problem and that I could move on and get past whatever the thing was blocking me. Mm-hmm. Not once have I ever given up because this is my profession. And I'm not saying that you have to be a professional writer to overcome this problem. What I'm saying is that you can overcome this problem. And so I kind of I kind of noted down a few, you know, of the, the common reasons for why people say that they have writer's block. And again, I'm not sort of disputing writer's block as a concept. What I'm saying is that there's going to be another reason as to why you feel stuck or can't move past it. Yeah. Um, and so the first the first big obstacle to people, and you'll roll your eyes at this because this is basically one of the core principles I teach in activated authors, is people are scared of writing crap stuff. Mm-hmm. there's again this notion that when you're writing that you'll sit there and the words will flourish and you'll come up with a perfect sentence and everything else and the fact is like not just in writing but in every form of art everything that you do in life that's just not true like you don't come running out of the womb it would be a lot easier if you did i imagine for parents for mothers specifically <laughs> i don't know uh, well you've seen say- alien right <laughs> yeah i guess you know you'd have to calculate the size and stuff Any- <laughs> i took a turn um but yeah like you don't like kids don't just run you know you try to stand you wobble you fall you try to walk you wobble you fall and it's very much the same with writing you write mm-hmm. crap words you learn what crap looks like you get a bit better you write a little bit less crap but even now you know there are a f- there are a few writers that are blessed to you know be practiced enough that they can write perfect solid streams of prose but Ooh. everyone like i've been editing um like a non-fiction that i'm working on at the minute and like the edits are heavy and like it's it's not great in in my opinion there's a lot of work that i need to do to it mm-hmm. like and was that book difficult to write yes did i feel stuck a few times yes did i keep moving forward yes because i want to write books i want to make it happen so this 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 fear of writing shit mm-hmm. is something that blocks a lot of people because mm-hmm. you look at your own words and you go well I'm not a writer how like if it's this hard how can I be a writer but the truth is you have to push through you have to 
write crap stuff. And yeah. I've said to you before, and I've said to like everyone in the Activate Authors community, I've had days where it is just pure drudgery writing. I've had days in which I've written drunk out of my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not proud of it, but you know, those sessions were fun. Um I've had days probably is videos on the internet if you look hard enough to stay down writing drunk. It's glorious. There's definitely videos. Um <laughs> and I've written I've written on days where the words have come and it's been really good. And like I've just felt on top of the world writing. And the interesting thing is going back in those edits, I can never tell what days were what. Because it's all yeah. Like it, it, it's so much in the mind. This concept of having to write really, really well first time round, and not just letting yourself unleash and have fun and experiment and be bad for a bit, because all yeah. the good comes in edits. All the good. Yeah, you're writing shit. You're not publishing shit. There's yes. a huge fucking vastness yeah. of ground to cover between the first draft and pressing publish, and like no one's going to make you press publish. So you have all of that space all of that time to make it sing to make it shine to make it pretty like you you cannot edit a blank page it, mm-hmm. unless you're like making origami in which case okay. go, go ahead but yeah this isn't activated origami makers even then you still need like structure and lines and templates and stuff yeah like because let's let's compare this to you know painting because i know that you like to paint a lot like I do do you just get the paint and paint? So let's take that one behind you, for example, that wonderful multicolor. Um, I, what what would you call that piece? Um, I didn't give it a name. I can't remember to be honest. It's it's just a representation of where I am at the minute. So I don't know. Let's call it um, sploosh. So looking freedom <laughs> sploosh. <laughs> but like when you first took to painting that. Was it in case of just throwing paint onto the canvas? No, no. So, like, first of all, I made a mood board of what I wanted it to be. Research. What I, yeah. What? And I can't remember her name, but I will put it in the show notes because um, this painting that I've done is like so heavily inspired um, by an artist, and it's really annoying me that I can't remember her name. Mm. But I love her stuff, and she's fucking phenomenal. Um, and there is a painting of hers i think it's called freedom something like that and it's a it's a woman jumping in the air and there's like lines bursting out of her in color similar to this and there's like birds and it's it's like coming out basically out of her rib cage and it's just like this expression of joy and freedom and weightlessness so when i saw that i, I knew that's what i wanted to do so did that did the research did all all of that stuff um and then i sketched it out planning mhm um, and then I got the canvas and I sketched it out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then very slowly, I um, put her in first. And then I like mixed my paints, got my pipettes out <laughs> <laughs> and painted it. But yeah. no, it's, it's you know. Stages, no. bit by bit. Yeah. Bit by bit. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's just a reality that if you're going to be a writer if you're going to write books and stuff you just have to face like there is a process to this and the process is start do finish yes there just is allow yourself to write the bad stuff maybe the book doesn't go quite in the direction that you want to finish it so you can then edit it and do more work and and other bits and pieces but um just just keep pushing forward so yeah that's one of the that's one of the reasons is um fear of writing bad stuff yeah um another reason i've seen a lot is not wanting 
not wanting it bad mm-hmm. enough to face the problem that you've got because some people think oh you know i'm gonna write a book but don't realize that it is tough and it is work and it is very mentally taxing and it's um, wrong yeah, like I can't, I cannot count the amount of friends that I have. They're just like, I, I think I mentioned this before, but I had a conversation with one of my friends where I was like, oh, I've hired a VA. And they were like, really? Like, you, you, you've got that much work. And I'm like, yes, this is a job. Like, this is my employment. Like, I don't, even though I get to sit and write stories every day, it's not glamorous work. I sit by myself in a room most of the time staring at Zoom. Like, it's, yeah. it's not getting in the office and, you know, having fun with coworkers. And I know it's not always that simple, but anyhow. Um, so, yeah, one of the reasons is not wanting it hard enough because you get, you know, a quarter of a way into a book and you go oh this is hard actually I, this isn't for me and you're right maybe it's not for you maybe you know you've tried and it's just not worked out and you've got other things that are more important to you than this mm-hmm. which is fine everyone's yeah. different um but that that kind of just not having the hunger for it because a book is a marathon mm. do you know what i mean like you can go outside and you can jog around the block or you can commit to the marathon like the london marathon and jogging around the block is something you can try very quickly and maybe get a bit wheezy and it's a bit difficult. But if you're going for a marathon, you put in the work. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You have to. Yeah. Um, so that's two reasons. Another one that I come across uh, quite a lot is under planning your book. Um, and this is one that actually I fall uh, short of sometimes. So you'll get to a point in your book and suddenly like the characters just disappear. The world disappears. The story disappears. And you're like, I don't know what to do next. Um and you think that you've planned enough of your story to to make it happen and to know what happens. But what sometimes happens is, say you're a quarter of the way through your book. In that quarter of the way through your book, your book starts to take a shape of its own. So in your planning, you have every intention of your characters doing certain things, but then your book goes off. It happens. It does. Like in my book, every single time, it never sticks to a plan. Mm-hmm. So what I'd recommend there is realign, sit down and just replan or like update your plan or spend a bit of time. Like it's okay to step away with the intention of, you know, Oh yeah. Cogs. Yeah. Of, of working the cogs and, and keeping moving forward. Um, but maybe just under plan to the point that like, you don't know what happens next. Mm-hmm. Like, I had it with a, a couple of my earlier books where I just, I didn't know the ending and that was an issue for me. So now in my process, I make sure that I know roughly an ending. Yes. That would work so i can work towards something resembling mm-hmm. that ending it, again that like, is always different um so under planning is a big one and then the other side of it i've seen is over planning mm-hmm. like getting lost with as in still building the world yeah Not yeah that's mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> screw you by the way the reason <laughs> the reason i keep saying this just so people don't think i'm just abusing you is mm-hmm. uh, there's a member in our community who says mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh for whatever reason i picked up that mannerism which is <laughs> and i i I publicly called that out on it in a very like, and now I can't stop noticing it, and it's really annoying. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all right. He's a beautiful person. There's worse people to emulate. Um, so over planning is another one. Too much world building. So you either get to a point where you world build and world build and never feel ready to write the book, which is a problem. Um, or kind of conversely to that is you world build so much that when you start writing the book. You're trying to squeeze all of those things that you have and all that work that you've done into something so small. Um, and the point of world building is to give yourself the feeling, the concept, the notion of what is going on in the story of the world that your characters exhibit. It's not to show off on the page all the work that you've done. Good world building, a lot of the time, is invisible. Yeah, like all that work, all the different like social structures and religions and places and locations and times and history, all that kind of stuff. Like It's good to be there. Especially mm-hmm. for you, if you want to have some kind of notion of building a bigger thing, you look at your series and stuff. 
but yeah it's it's invisible most of the time like you just thread it a little bit into the story and make it believable enough to go on uh, but i've seen people get paralyzed by that where they're just like i've i've done too much and i don't know how to write this story yeah i think i think when it comes to world building in particular there definitely i think comes a point where it becomes um paralyzing because I live in this world right now. I understand to a greater or lesser extent, like societal expectations and pressures and laws and rules. And generally speaking, the kind of thing that like, if I go out wearing, like no one will bat an eye because it is the clothing of the time. But you know, if I went out in a corset and bustle, people would look at me and be like, what the hell? Like, I, I understand all of that. I, you know, I understand all of those things, how to get food, how to get water, you know, all the kind of basic stuff that we just kind of assimilate into our brains as we grow up. But that's all I need to know to live here. But my point is, is that I live in this world mm. and I don't know all of this shit. I understand as like a creator of a story and a world that you want to know everything but you don't need to like you need to know as much as the story is going to need and then you know maybe some padding around that to kind of inform why characters speak to certain characters a particular way or why you know they wouldn't turn left in the woods maybe there's an old tale but you don't need to say all of that stuff it's just it's like you say it's it's more for you and then there will be times where it needs to pop up here and there in the story when it's relevant um but yeah I do think people just get paralyzed into like until this world is complete and I know every inch of it you won't I cannot write this book and that's never going to be the case mm-hmm. yeah I was talking to um our, our good friend Jonathan Yanez um earlier this week about sort of a lot of plotting and planning and and because he's got i think a dozen series most with at least six books many with more in that series um and i was curious about you know world bibles how he plans it all and he and a lot of this is you know fantasy and sci-fi so again you need certain world building elements um and his process and again this isn't going to be you know for everyone but his process is just write it and world build as you go yeah like what is relevant to this character how do i build this okay this is now in canon mm-hmm um, and again, that doesn't work for everyone because, you know, it can be quite messy. Uh, he benefits from the fact that he writes a lot very far. So it's all very present in his mm-hmm. head as he's going through. Whereas if you're writing a series over like seven years, obviously you're going to forget things. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like we always teach kind of like take your approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are those are kind of the four main ones that I see a lot. Um, and I've also pulled because I feel like there's a couple of resources that I'd highly recommend for people that want to find ways to overcome writer's block yeah. one of them won't surprise anyone at all which is um the war of art by stephen pressfield mm-hmm. is just seminal when it comes That's to this so good. you need a commission on this on this book. i really do i really i would <laughs> a lot in affiliates uh but like it is absolutely just to the point um like again sort of the second half is a bit woo woo in my opinion the first half is very very powerful um and it just it just talks about resistance, which is mm-hmm. what writer's block arguably is. It's a it's a very strong form of resistance. Mm-hmm. And anytime you meet resistance, kind of like the whole point of this episode is you have to identify what that resistance is. And what I'm saying is re- resistance isn't writer's block. 
no. there is another reason why it's hard or why you're not willing to push past the mm-hmm. discomfort. Because if writing were easy, everyone would do it. And the fact is they don't. Um, and actually a lot of <clears throat> a lot of my thinking, because you know, I've been writing for seven years. Um, I first came like I I suffered from writer's block for the first year on a few different occasions, and then I kind of learned all of these truths. Um, but one of the big lessons that I took away was from Seth Godin, um, who talks well, it was the the line that caught me was specifically plumbers don't get plumbers block. Mm-hmm. And you give me one other career hobby skill in which there's some kind of creative block that prevents people, this sort of abstract, otherworldly concept that is putting their hand on your shoulder and pulling you away from the keyboard. It's just not there. No. It's not. Like, again, I'm not disqualifying that there are legitimate reasons why it's hard, why it's difficult, why you might want to step away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I just think it's it's one of those things that's permeated and become a bit of a an easy crutch for people to lean on when things get hard. Yeah. I think it's dangerous as well, actually. Um, I think there are a few. Um, I'm trying to think of the the term. There are a few ideas, let's say, that orbit creative people and careers and work that are, I believe, at their root dangerous for a few reasons so the first one which i won't go into too much because it's not what this episode is about is like um suffering for your art and i've spoken to you about this before yes, and yes. it makes me sick because <laughs> you know i think in um big magic elizabeth gilbert is talking about you know when people say no but the reason we have like amazing van goghs is because you know of his mental illness and she's like i would argue that if he was medicated with a therapist we'd have a lot more Mm-hmm. Like talent doesn't come from suffering. No. And and the idea that it does is inherently dangerous. Um, can, can suffering create unique art? Absolutely. Yes. Do you need can. to suffer to make art? No. 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 And in fact, like it's a lot easier to make art when you're not suffering. <laughs> so much easier. But writer's block, I believe, is is another one that is dangerous because it is this idea. And it's dangerous in a different way. It's it's not, I don't think it's like physically dangerous, whereas obviously the suffering one can be, especially to young artists, impressionable minds, you know, think they have to kind of hurt and this kind of stuff. Um, but this idea of writer's block is very woo-woo. It is very romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of I am a creative and you know I don't have I don't have it today and you couldn't possibly understand because you're not touched by the muses as I am and I'm certainly not saying that everyone out there that said they've had writer's block is feeling that I'm saying it, this mm-hmm. it comes from this this idea of that mm-hmm. of you know like this otherworldly kind of thing you couldn't possibly understand and the reason I think it's dangerous is that you get people of all ages that have a dream of being a writer and they come to the page and they don't know how to start or they start writing and then they get stuck. And instead of understanding that that's a normal, natural part of the process of being a writer and writing and creating, they think either 
they're not a writer because they can't do it or they th believe they've got writer's block and you hear a lot about writer's block but you don't hear a lot about overcoming writer's block it's just you know it's it's kind of like a oh they're blocked kind of thing mm. and either way it just it results in this kind of giving up yeah. of of dreams and passions and and like you've said so many times before the you don't you don't go to one dance class and and quit halfway through because you can't do like a perfect plie in second mm -hmm. you don't you don't go to i don't know a a pasta making class and throw in your apron because you've got the wrong ratio of flour and egg i, I don't know how you make pasta <laughs> <laughs> life sure um you don't you don't go to college to learn to become a physicist and the first like theory of something that doesn't quite make sense to you just be like oh i'm not a physicist like none it doesn't exist in anything else but we expect that if we aren't touched by the muse and we don't sit down and just write beautifully mm -hmm. then we're not writers but that's bullshit like the reason writer's block kind of has permeated so deeply and has become almost like urban legend kind of fucking level is because it's so hard mm -hmm. and it probably started with someone trying to explain to someone who doesn't understand writing why they're struggling yeah like it's probably one of those things that has a very small origin that has blown into this big romantic thing mm -hmm. and the truth is like you say there there is a reason that you are feeling blocked and it it will be a plethora of other things life you're very new at this so you know it's it's difficult or you're tired or you haven't planned or you've overplanned or all the other things that you've talked about but instead of kind of diving into ourselves a bit and figuring out what's going on here or you know trying to just work the problem free writing around it saying okay I'll come back to this bit just leave myself a note and carry on writing it is just easier, honestly, to just be like, I'm blocked. I'm blocked. Yeah. And this, <laughs> this is this is really where it's going to ruffle, ruffle feathers because, <clears throat> again, like by putting this episode out, by saying what we're saying, like we're not judging anyone who has felt or does feel like they're currently in this situation. Um, like it's not, we're not shaming anybody. As I say, like no. I've, I've personally thought at certain points that I've experienced writer's block, like hindsight and further education has proven otherwise. But like we have a whole raft of authors and activated authors from like a whole raft of different backgrounds. And, mm -hmm. you know, every single one of them gets stuck sometimes. Yeah. Every oh, single God. one of them has a moment in which, you know, they doubt themselves in which, you know, other things are going on in life in which, you know, they are burned out. That's another very like that's a very thing. big one. I meant we'll, to mention we'll, that earlier when you were saying, yeah. Yeah, we'll circle back to that. Um, but like there are lots of like all, all of these different authors, again, from different genders, different backgrounds, different careers, different phases of their life. Like they're all putting in the work and able to move forward and kind of have now gotten to the point where we've understood the notion that like it's not right as well, there's something else to it. And mm -hmm. kind of in that circling back to to burnout, something that I think I'll probably it's popping more and more in my mind and might be something I'll talk a lot more about on the next year or two um, is alignment is like often if you get to the keyboard and you're not finding yourself motivated or able to put the words down, my argument would be 
Are you sleeping enough? Have you eaten? Have you drunk enough? Is there something going on in your relationship that is taking up your mind? You know, have you had, have you exercised recently? Have you gone for a walk? Like we can't isolate what writing, what creativity is in the whole scope of what it is to be a human being. And that's something that a lot of people just don't consider. Like if you've got financial troubles and you're sitting at the keyboards and in the back of your mind, you're going like, where the fuck am I going to find 500 pounds this month? That's going to make things harder. Yep. Like, you're gonna have to find a way to work around that before you then get your fingers onto the keyboard because like we have to take care of number one and make sure that we are healthy and happy as human beings yeah before you know you can kind of write perfectly but yes yeah that a lot of that stuff if a lot of that stuff isn't in alignment and you do get into burnout over to you sam yeah i was gonna say as well like don't like Dan said, we're not we're not recording this to shame anyone. In fact, actually, no. I think this could be very helpful because mm-hmm. once you realise that hitting writer's block isn't a death sentence, yes, it isn't a wall that you can't get past. Like, there's nothing wrong with thinking of writer's block as an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I've hit like if 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 that term resonates with you, resistance. Yeah, that's fine. Like, okay, so I've hit some resistance here. What is it? But instead of instead of giving it this this mythical godlike power of I've got writer's block, I can I might never be able to write again because you know it has been given such weight that people do genuinely feel that way. Like, fuck, I'm not gonna be able to write again. But it instead of that, just just know that what we're trying to say is absolutely there is a way around it you just have to figure out what particular thing or what kind of group of things is causing that for you and burnout in particular Mm -hmm. is a big one and I think a lot of the time we are happy to lean into minor excuses to get out of stuff that we don't want to do right like oh no I'm I don't know like not feeling it or whatever Got a little bit of a headache. I'm not going to go. Yeah. But then when it comes to the big shit, for some reason, we we label that as an excuse. Burnout is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just apply to writers. It doesn't just apply to creatives. Like you can have a burnt out plumber. It's it's it genuinely is a growing epidemic. I did a lot of um, research on it earlier this year um, for some stuff I was doing. And yeah, particularly workplace burnout, like cases arising, like because we live in a very fast moving age in which people mm. are expected to be contactable 24 seven, yep. you know, without going too deep into this, which I could, but like, like everyone. Yeah. The advent of phones, you know, family life, like just how quickly just, just life moves. Like mm-hmm. it has raised what our expectations are as people and therefore what we expect of ourselves to play catch up. And that leads to burnout because we're like, as humans, we're not yet built biologically for that kind of demand. No, there's a, re- there's a reason you look at dogs and you're like, that looks like a good life. We used to have that life. We used to hunt for an hour, two hours a day, eat and sleep. And fuck. Yeah. Let's not forget that one, because we wouldn't be here if that part didn't happen. That was it. That was it. That was our lives. And then, uh-huh. I mean, am I wrong? No, no. Get into, people I get into trouble for saying the truth. No, we want the truth. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's going totally out of the field. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're we good. hunted, we, we, we ate the food, we, we fucked, reproduced. and then we went to sleep. 
yeah, yeah. And then we did it again. Yeah. That's that's what we did. So we literally we had I mean, arguably there wasn't a um like an owner of us petting our heads mm. like you do with Giving your dogs. But like generally speaking, we had that life. And mm. you know, the rate of kind of evolution of technology, like you say, has has been supersonic and we're supposed to number one love all of the advances and number two keep up with everything Mm. and like the the rat race used to just be around kind of like very high pressured corporate jobs and people kind of knew what they were getting into most of the clocking off at five o'clock and not being able to take their work home with them Mm mm-hmm and it's just, it's done this. And as like, you know, everything goes up in price, people are getting second jobs and also wanting to also wanting a side hustle because they don't want to have to do their main job and a second job. They just want to do the thing that they love. Mm-hmm. And so you're working three jobs. And if you are in a relationship and if you have children or family members or friends or pets or, or any other connections, yeah. yeah, like everything takes a piece of you Mm -hmm. and if you're not taking time to put those pieces back and or replenish your pieces (laughs) replenish your pieces jesus christ it's real interesting like as i as of this question i was like oh this will be like a 10 minute conversation no it's not it isn't Um, but yeah like but you go just just gonna say yeah if if you're not but you know what like yeah replenishing yourself taking time yourself all of that stuff is important but i also do think that like it is a symptom a big one of the way that everybody lives these days at least in the western world mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. i think that it's folly of me to just be like you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this without accepting the fact that like it's not really your fault that you're feeling this way mm-hmm. like it's not it's it's like with mental health like it's not your fault but it's kind of your responsibility to deal with it and you're like fuck off yeah yeah what, what? why why <laughs> yeah that's so <laughs> yeah so you know burnout is a legitimate factor as well um the yeah. hard part about all of these is is identifying what that is because again if you're new to this this space you know i've i've been through enough books now i've been through enough phases to know the difference mm-hmm. most of the time even like it's not an exact science um but like i'll know that if i get to the keyboard and i am having a day in which you know the words are difficult and like i'm really struggling just to get like a few hundred then i'm i am approaching burnout so the best thing i can do in that situation is to take two three days away like i'll still read i'll do other work bits and pieces but it's a very calculated specific decision and it's based on the fact that i know that mentally i am taxed and i need to creatively fill um similarly to under planning like if i get to a part in the story and i'm like i cannot see the way forward i don't step away from the project i just get out a bit of scrap paper you know um not literally work the problem work the problem like there's a real um we're not taught to work the problem. We're not taught to face the obstacle because there are so many other alternatives and easy things to to jump into, to take our attention. And again, like <laughs> repeating this a lot, none of this is judgmental, none of this is shaming. It's, it just really is like the reality that we face. Um, so I am going to kind of start to bring us to um, a close. And again, put you a little bit on the spot with what would you say is a method of 
overcoming resistance if you get stuck in writing your book okay the first thing you need to do is figure out what it is i think like you know you need to diagnose your particular issue how Um, well i'm about to say (laughs) my god jumped down my throat when why (laughs) using what so like i want figures (laughs) there's there's a couple of there's a couple of ways you can do it. Speak to someone that you love. Um, if you are fortunate enough to have someone, because you know, we don't all. Um speak to, you know, either someone that you live with, if you if you're living with parents, friends, roommates, I'll say lovers then, lovers. Um, and just be like, have I have you noticed anything off about me recently? And you know, because often other people will notice you're in burnout before you do. Yeah. Or at least they'll notice you're approaching it. You become more, um, what's the word like, um, agitable. <laughs> we have, we is have that... a, I won't, I won't name them, but we have a very strong empath in activated authors who is yes key at this. Oh my god, yeah. But if you have someone in your life that you trust and you and that knows you very well, you speak to them because they may be able to diagnose that mm. for you. Um, if everything's fine in that area, like. Is what you're writing triggering you in some way? Like, I know for me, uh, there's been a couple of times, even in just in planning something, where what I'm doing is very triggering to me. Um, and I need to either take a breath and work through it slowly, or just, like, take a beat and come away and, and think about it gently, mm-hmm. and then come back and rework it. Is it just that you are you have a knowledge gap? Yes. In which case, like, Google exists you know, work the problem. Is it that you've you've written yourself into a corner? Are you sat there going, I don't know how to get out of this particular problem? Okay, well, if that's the case, then I find free writing is very helpful. Yes. So you just open another document, like copy and paste maybe the last paragraph of what you've written, um, and then just free write. Just, just keep your fingers on the keys and just keep writing. And even if it is literally, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know how they're going to get out of, out of this. What the fuck have I done? Like, just write that all down. None of this is being published. None of this is being included in the book. Just keep writing until your brain stops wanting to write that. And then you're like, oh, maybe this could happen or this could happen. And essentially, it's a mini vomit draft of of like your your um, mm-hmm. tension point that you, you're finding difficulty to get past. And then... Is there something in your life? Have you just had a big argument? Is your boss a dick? And they've been an extra fucking dick today. Or they are like really putting pressure on. Are you taking on everybody's problems from your family? And it's all coming in right now. And instead of like realizing that you're thinking that you're just a shit writer. It is just a case of stepping away and just trying to just have a think write down like the things that you've got going on in your life at the minute see if there's anything in particular and if all of that doesn't work just speak to someone in the sense of go to your doctors have a chat with your doctor go to um I don't know go to a coffee morning with strangers sit next to Ethel she loves a chat and just spew out everything like find someone to speak to about it um, I know a wonderful community that has a 30 day free trial uh, that would like <laughs> to talk through stuff with you. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it, just talk it out or write it out. 
And when you figure out the point, all the 25 different points of all the things that you've been putting off because it hurts to think about, again, no shame. That is basically uh, my entire life up until about 12 years ago uh, was just putting everything off. And and it does hurt more to face it. But when you get over it, it's a, it does, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then and then, you know, the problem. And then you can work on that particular problem. And again, Google is the thing. You, you yeah. can find all sorts on there. There's lots of different craft and storybooks. There's lots of different um, planning and plotting books. YouTube has a plethora of videos, not just on writing, but on psychology, on like families and all that kind of stuff. You can find what you need. Like one of the advantages of this insane world that we live in is that there is so much information at your fingertips. And when you know what you're looking for, that's, that's the key bit. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing you have to do, yeah, the first thing you have to do is diagnose your problem and and just step away from this idea of it being an all-encompassing writer's block. You haven't been caged and can never do anything again. There is a very specific something or mm-hmm. some things that is, that is causing this resistance. So diagnose and then find out how to fix it yeah and it could just be as simple as you need to go to bed yeah i've, I've been there it could like, be as simple as like i've not eaten in six hours why yeah, i haven't i haven't taken a breath of fresh air yeah so yeah just one thing that i want to um just draw attention to that you just said as well is the, the idea of bringing in someone else into your problem yeah so you know actually talking to someone and just voicing things out loud can just change mm-hmm how your brain processes it, how you see, how you see the problem. And I've had like so many conversations with authors over the years where um, we've spoken about a story for like 10, 15 minutes and just new solutions have just popped out. And like you get, some people get so strapped into what their plan is, this rigid plan of how the book goes. They don't open themselves up to this possibility that, you know, they're telling themselves, their mind is telling themselves this story going slightly off angle could be better than they originally had. Yeah. so yeah, that's one side of the thing. And then also just I want to um, kind of say like we've we've literally had an example of this at work this month within you know the 50K writing camp that we've been running. Um, again, naming no names and like incredibly, incredibly proud of this person. Um, but like a week into Nano, they were ready to hand in the towel. Like they didn't have it in them. It wasn't going to work. Like they they hit the block, um, you know, and a talk, a leaning on the community, everyone banding together that person wrapped up their 50,000 words like yesterday, like a week yeah, ahead of schedule. So yeah. like there's a way forward is yes. the ultimate truth of what I've learned. Like there is a way forward. And the final part of my input, because I do have quite a nice little wrap up in a second, if I do say so myself, yeah. um, the final kind of like part for me is that if you've tried all these things, if it's still tough, if it's still not working for you, quitting is okay. Yeah. You don't have to keep smashing your face against the rock. Like the the truth is it might not be for you. Yeah. Like maybe the the actual reality of sitting down and writing and, you know, finding time, whether it's because your life is too busy, whether it's just because, you know, other things do interest you. Maybe you want to play the drums or, you know, run or I don't know, like all these other things. Like it just might not be your highest priority. So it's okay to quit. Like yeah, don't, don't like, I'm trying to think of the, the, the words. Um, don't stop the world from being able to see what it is you are truly passionate about mm-hmm. because you're being stubborn about something that maybe isn't right for you. Yeah. Like it's okay to step away. Maybe you'll come back at some point. Maybe mm-hmm. you won't. It doesn't matter. 
like if if it's not meant for you right now then that's okay like and yeah I'm I'm big on that like Dan said maybe it's the drums maybe you like you find true fire and passion and still resistance let's not like let let's not like bullshit well if you'll if you'll allow me to use a little bit of your story um I'd like one of the struggles that I remember you facing last year was this um, almost pigeonholing into becoming a writer and writing prose mm-hmm. and a discovery in working out that for yourself, you love writing, but that's not purely where your heart lies. Your your heart lies in the actual creative process in all these different mm-hmm. mediums. I don't know if you want to just touch on that like a little bit. Yeah. So I very quickly, like I used to want to be a singer when I was very little. Well, first of all, I wanted to be a ballerina. Then I wanted to be a singer. Uh, and then I wanted to be an actor and I went to drama school and I trained. Um, I had uh, a mental breakdown. I wasn't aware of it at the time. Um, <laughs> and I stepped away from that uh, for a bit. And then I, you know, I've always enjoyed painting and drawing and sewing and all of these other things. Um, and then I stumbled into writing. And it was this idea of now I felt that I belonged to a group of people and I actually felt that I fit somewhere because I understood my own mental health and I was working on recovery and things. And I started to feel like a whole person Um, that I almost felt trapped. Mm -hmm. I loved the people. I love them so much in our community. Like I would do so much for all of them. Um, But I, I started to feel like I didn't belong because everyone was so passionate about writing. And for me, I'm passionate about creating I, I love singing and acting and dancing badly and um <laughs> and painting and sewing and like decorating and anything that I can like I can pull the corners of and, and mold it into something, whether that is like physically holding clay or or using words, it it lights it lights me up and <clears throat> the idea of having to narrow myself into and I hate saying just being a writer because for a lot of people, being a writer is everything to them. And I don't mean that in any way as an insult or like a minimizing of of your passion. Just for me, I have I'm multi passionate, multi passionate, multi passionate, and um, I I have to feed all of those things for my not just for my mental health, but just for my spirit and my soul and my happiness. Mm-hmm. Um. And so there are there are weeks where I don't go anywhere near writing. And I'm quite happy with that because I'll be doing something else. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get a bit bored of doing that for a bit. And then I'll go back to writing and then I'll carry on and or, you know, doing lots of things at once. But yeah, it's I think it's important to understand that you're not letting anyone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two the two big questions um that i've used with people and I'd, I'd ask you to really consider and when i say like think about it i mean really like close your eyes and imagine is what would it feel like to hold your book in your hands mm-hmm. what would that moment feel like where are you how long has that taken you know who's with you all those questions what what does that feel like is it is it joyous is it sort of you know not any more important than holding a bowl of cornflakes like what does it truly feel like that idea of you holding a book in your hands and then once you kind of envision that is on the other side what would it feel like to know that you're 80 years old 
and this never happened. And you went all of those years and you would never be able to hold your book in your hand. How would that feel? Because mm-hmm. both of those can be a reality. And it's really about getting in touch with your wants, your needs, your goals and seeing how important that is to you. Because yeah. if, you know, you feel overjoyed and elated and ecstatic at having a book, write the book. Yeah. If you feel miserable and just totally unhappy and like you couldn't, you don't want to feel that like heart wrenching pain of getting to 80 years old and going like, I haven't written a book. I can't believe I've spent 80 years not writing a book. Then write the fucking book. Yeah. No excuses. Get it done. Um, but on the other just, hand, yeah, go on. I was going to say, on the other hand, when I, if I close my eyes at 80 years old, um, at thinking about being 80 years old and think about what it would feel like to never hold a Michelin star in my hand, I've got no fucks to give. Oh, yeah. Screw that. You know, so it, it's yeah. like both of them work both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, rounding off, I have um, actually taken from Seth Godin's blog his because he writes like basically a daily blog and he has been for years and it's very, very like widely viewed. Um, but he, had, he wrote an article in 2020 called The Simple Cure for Writer's Block. And it goes thus. Right. People with writer's block don't have a problem with typing. They have a problem living with bad writing, imperfect writing, writing that might expose something that they fear. The best way to address this isn't to wait to be perfect, because if you wait, you'll never get there. The best way to deal with it is to write and to realize that your bad writing isn't fatal. Like all skills, we improve with practice and with feedback. Oh, yeah. No more need be said. So, yeah. started um, with that. This episode would have been a lot shorter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is now the longest episode we've ever done. Oh, well, I mean, there are some, like, and at this point, gentle listeners or viewers, you will have probably noticed there's some heavy jump cuts. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Um, but yeah, as usual, we'll, uh, we'll we'll let you guys know that we have our free 30-day trial for Activated Authors. So by all means, if you want to level up your writing, activate your author career, come on over and join myself and Sam in that community and get a host of all the good things. Um, then you can find all that out at activatedauthors.com um and i would say a massive thank you to you the listeners thank you sam for always being with me every single week um and i'm trying to tweak the ending a bit it's not going well it's not smooth anyway um i, I felt very seen though oh good made me feel very seen finally passed him immemorable um oh not now you haven't <laughs> so one more time from myself and from sam we will see you next week goodbye <laughs> bye Activate your energy.